The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Rameen. If you or someone you are close to is dealing with addiction, there are so many programs out there that can help you. But how do you gauge which ones are going to work the best for you? Some are expensive, some deal with some of the issues, but don't get to the heart of the matter. Others treat the problem at a basic level, but don't determine ultimate success. Join us now for an hour that sets out to be truly groundbreaking and will help you discover how to find the best program for your addiction problem. Now, here is Ross Rameen. Hi, welcome to the show. This is Ross Rameen, and thanks for joining us today. We're coming to you uh, from the Rebos Treatment Center here in Los Angeles, California. Um, really appreciate you guys tuning in today. Um, we have another episode of our client files that we do today um, that we uh, bring on uh, guests that are in various stages of sobriety Um um, some have been in, um, you know, multiple treatment centers. Some of them, it's their first treatment center. Um, some people have been sober for a couple hours, and some people have been sober for a couple decades. Just trying to talk to people and figure out where they're at in their recovery, what they, what the pitfalls were, what their strengths were, what works, what doesn't work, um, and what they're really struggling on, uh, struggling with today. So today we have Santiago. He's a 22-year-old guy. Um, he's been through three treatments um, in the less than a year. Um, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you got it, man. Um, as with all the clients that I talk with, uh, Cynthia, I don't know a heck of a lot about them, and I do that on purpose so that uh, you know, just I just want to know what's about you. I didn't I didn't pick you out of anybody special for any other reason besides the fact that, from what I understand, you just want to be a different dude. Yeah, that's you, correct. Yeah. You just want to be a different guy. You you briefly told me that um, you you like coke. Um, liquid coating, yeah, which I don't hear about ever. Uh, people do it. I mean, people like it, but they just don't. It's not a regular gig. And Xanax. Um, so let's let's get to the let's let's get to the basics. You're 22 years old. When did this start for you? When 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 did you first start doing drugs? Uh, I was 13 years old when I first started smoking pot. Yeah, and it progressed pretty quickly to a uh, Xanax, Suboxone, and uh, Coke. Wow. And, so kind of just progressed from there. What happened? 13 years old. Your seventh grade? I was eighth grade. Eighth grade. What What happened that day? What um, What was it like? What What went down that day? I, you know, one of the big things that I like have when I have people on is I want our listeners. We've got listeners all over the world right now, and I want them to relate to what's going on. What What happened that day? Was it peer pressure? Was it just your buddy so and so was doing it, and you're just like? I had a couple of friends who had been smoking pot for a little bit of time, and I'd always not really been into that scene up until then. I mean, I grew up in Santa Monica. Uh, I went to Santa Monica High School, John Adams Middle School, 
and I just remember one day in Spanish class, I had the idea that I wanted to smoke with my friends. So it was a little bit of peer pressure, a little bit of uh, sadness from my, uh, my dad left for Costa Rica when I was 12. So I was kind of like weighing on me and I knew he was an avid pot smoker. He liked to use Coke. He liked to drink and kind of just thought I'd give it a try. Yeah. So off to the races. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the first week I was smoking every day from trying it. Um, pod really became a big part of my life until like freshman year. I started messing around with Xanax and everything that my uh, my buddies were bringing to school. Freshman year of high school? Yeah, freshman year of high school. And just kind of really took off from there. I like getting fucked up. And I mean, my mom always thought I was an addict from a very young age. I remember asking her uh, why she drank if she wasn't drinking to get drunk. Mm-hmm. And she kind of, kind, of, kind of worried her at the start. And my dad was an addict too, so she was already kind of like thinking that way with me. Um, I started blacking out on Xanax a lot. I started getting in trouble selling it. And so I got sent to treatment actually when I was 15. And it kind of progressed from there. Did you get sent to treatment when you were 15? Yeah, I had caught, I had a assault and battery case that I had. I was just an angry kid. And, uh, you're 15 years old and you're, get, you're getting arrested for assault and battery. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I had to be escorted off my school for the one that I, uh, the one that I got sent away for. So I got one to Phoenix Academy or Phoenix, Phoenix house in uh, San Fernando Valley where I met different kids from all over and the kind of talking about other drugs I'd never tried before. Like at this point I'd already been like in design. I've been into Coke. I was trying to box once in a while just trying to get fucked up on different things and I guess I, I after 28 days I ran away with some kids I barely knew and ended up in Long Beach for a couple of weeks smoking meth and you're 15 yeah yeah I was 15 um and so I started just running that kind of lifestyle I got introduced to a bunch of different things I'd never seen before wow. and I kind of just went full out with it I mean my mom had no idea where I was she was worried sick, so finally after going on a basically smoking meth for two weeks straight, um, I ended up back in treatment because I just couldn't handle it anymore. I was only 15 years old, and that's, yeah. Um, you're 15 years old, you're in treatment, you've had assault and battery, and you're running away smoking meth. And I, I say this with so much respect and so much you know love as I say this, I, like, I, I, I can't even comprehend that. I mean, I, when I was 15 years old, I wasn't doing that. I mean, I was so straight. I, my wheels fell off probably when I was about 17, 18, when I was 15, I was still so, such a homebody, such a mama's boy. I guess I've always been a mama's boy, but it just wasn't like, didn't even like occur to me. What, what drove you to that? I mean, what what makes? I was angry about being put into a treatment center when I saw my other friends doing Xanax, doing gloves. So you just resentment. I was resentment. I was I was starting on the water polo team, and I had this idea that it was my year, this and that. Um, and I was just angry. And so, what should have been only three months in treatment as a kid with me running away ended up being the rest of well, here I am today. You know, up until now. You still running with those resentments? No, I, I like a lot of those things go. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I uh, ended up with more charges, fighting more people. Um, two treatment centers later, I got kicked out of every single one of them. The, of the treatment centers. Yeah, I went to this place called Center for Discovery. They kicked me out about my twentieth day there. Why? Fighting. 
Um, and yeah, I had to go to a, a hold. They sent me to a 5150 hold because I tried killing this kid. And yeah, I was just really fucked up in the head from. I don't even know. I just. I, mean, I didn't grow up too happy, but. I don't like to, to talk about that stuff too much because I feel like it's not who I am. Or I don't like to think that it has like, stopped me from getting to where I want to be. Yeah. So I ended up with meth induced psychosis at 16. Uh, I was homeless in uh, in Venice for for about a month and a half, and I finally. That's a pretty dark place to be homeless in. Yeah, I mean, at nighttime, I always looked at the boardwalk in Venice as like this like nice place, sunny. But after the night's lights go out, you know, nighttime comes out. It's, it's a jacked up area. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up, and I. Uh, Ended up with psychosis, and finally, when I went to a payphone, called my mom, and told her where I was, told her what I was doing, and I got, she picked me up, my sister was there, so she saw everything, unfortunately, I was just deranged, I was hearing things, seeing things, and I was just scared, uh, I hadn't eaten in quite some time, so my mom took me to get a milkshake, I remember throwing it at my dog, thinking my dog was looking at me weird, and I got back to the house, uh, about 10 minutes later, there was a knock on the door, and it was two police officers. My mom called them because she was just scared for me, scared for herself. And so I got put into, uh, I got taken to the hospital, um, hooked up to whatever it was, and uh, ended up in a 50, another 5150 hold where they put me on a bunch of meds, antipsychotics, and. Just comatose, you? Yeah, just comatose me, basically. Seven different meds like Robutrin, Risperdal, different all different sorts of things, and so I stayed at home for about. This is all 16 years old, so I went home. I wasn't using for about a month. Started snorting my Adderall that I was getting for my ADD, and I was still going to NA meetings. So I was 16 years old when I first heard what recovery was about. I started hearing about that, so I started going to NA in Culver City. Uh, I was just really depressed. I started gaining a lot of weight from uh, the meds I was on. I gained about 60 pounds, and I'd always been athletic. I was around 175, six foot, and I gained 60 pounds in two months. And I was just miserable. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't in school, and school was going on. Everything was going on around me, but I just wasn't well enough in the head or anything like that. So I, uh, my mama convinced me to go to Utah to visit some family members, and I had I had some. I had, a, I had a court case coming up in a, a month before that, or a month after that. I was supposed to, it was April 26th, I was supposed to go to court for uh, some of those things. My mom was scared that if I was put into juvenile detention, that I would just Snap. learn more from it. Yeah. And <laughs> well, they always said, you always make the best connections in treatment. <laughs> exactly. And she knew how I was, that I was going full force. I had this idea of someone, uh, who I was, but I wasn't. Just thought I, 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 the things I had seen made me believe that I was older, I guess, in a way that I don't know. So she sent me. I, I got picked up by, from my, my cousin's house in Utah to a, the first night I was there to go to a treatment center out there, and I was there for 15 months from the age of yeah, from 16 to 18. I was there. Wow. Um, what was that like? It was not. Honestly, it was miserable. I was unhappy. The, all the kids that were there were there for family issues mostly. Watching, it was a Mormon program, LDS, and all the kids there were like caught watching porn one too many times, or they were smoking pot, 
and I had just come off of meth and psychosis and running around with these little gangbangers, not knowing which way was up. And so getting put around these kids, I started fighting more. I didn't like the way they acted. They they told on me for some shit. I snapped on them. I just I just grew up differently than all of them, so I just really hated it. I tried running away after five months of being there, and I uh, got put on like more lockdown with it. But I mean, I got my high school diploma there, so it wasn't all bad. No. And I ended up going to college out in Utah for a semester, but uh, I spent the whole summer clean. I spent the whole summer clean living with my my cousins who I'd originally gone out there to see. And when school started, I started drinking again, started smoking pot. First semester, I went back to L.A. And uh, mom said I could stay with her for a little bit. So I moved in with my mom's house in Culver City. And uh, selling pot, growing pot in the backyard. She never had a problem really with pot, but she, she thought I wasn't doing anything. And I was comfortable with where I was at because I wasn't paying rent. So I was making money and I was smoking all the time. I was just chilling. And... She kicked me out. She sent me. She said she asked me if I wanted to go visit my dad in Costa Rica, and I hadn't seen him since I was uh, about twelve. So wow. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll go see him. Went out there, partied out there with my my my, my dad, mainly, and uh, my my godfather out there, and they they like their cocaine, they like drinking, they like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I just had a fun time with them. Well, a few days into my trip out there, she told me that she had packed all my things and put it in the garage, and that when I came home, that I wasn't allowed back in the house. So I moved into a motel where I started selling uh, more pot out of and just like doing whatever I can to make money and pay for that. And I, I was dating this girl at the time and she was going to Cal State Fullerton. So she said I could move in with her. I moved in with her and started meeting different people through this uh, this workforce I was trying to do since I had a, a record in criminal history. They let me, it was called the Orange County Conservation Corps. Mm-hmm. And so they gave me work, tried to help me like get a job and stuff. But I just met these kids who were selling meth, and I started picking that up again. Um, that led to me running uh, with them. We had uh, two apartments in Garden Grove, an apartment in Fullerton. And then I had my apartment with my girlfriend that we were selling heroin and meth out of. And I was mainly just doing meth. I, didn't, I was kind of scared of heroin for some reason. I would shoot meth, but... Heroin. heroin was another level. Yeah, I was just scared. Of, I, I heard but same I, way, I man. people had overdosed and died. And I, I done a lot of stupid shit. I just, I, I mean, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I just, it, there were, I had like something in my head. I mean, you've done a lot of jacked up stuff, as have I. But there was, I don't know if you can relate to it like I can't, but I just had something that's like, do not do heroin. Like, just don't do it. Um, I think I've smoked it a couple times, but... Like something's like yeah, dude, I'm the same way. Don't just, dude, just don't do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go rob somebody. Don't smoke heroin. <laughs> and so my girlfriend knew I was doing meth, and she was on the dean's honor roll at Cal State Fullerton, and she uh, was trying to help me. She was trying to save me, someone that couldn't be saved really. And so she put up with all my shit. I was violent when I when I was up for nights. I um, selling drugs with these people I shouldn't have been really involved with, and I thought. Everything was fine because uh, I had money in my pocket. I had my apartments paid for, and everything was working out in that sense. But um, I ended up in a lot of trouble when I decided to 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 steal from the people I was working with and had to uh, move overnight. At that point, I had been with my girlfriend for two years. I was out there doing that for two years, and I ended up uh, having to leave the city overnight. And so I knew another girl who lived out in Riverside, moved in with her got off of uh 
this was I was 20 years old at this time. I got off of meth, got off of uh, everything else I was using, and I had I had to grow at one of my houses like a, a, a like about 18 plants, marijuana plants growing, and so I'd always been interested in that and like liked doing that. It was kind of like my hobby, I guess. On the side, this girl worked at dispensaries. I moved in with Riverside, so she's got me a job at the dispensary. I started managing the dispensary. Started doing cocaine with her again. And so I did that for about six months before I started working in the dispensary in L.A., where uh, I kind of just got thrown into a warehouse grow. And uh, my girlfriend mentioned to the to the investor of the, 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 the dispensary and said that he was, he was having a falling out with one of his uh, his growers. He wasn't showing up or whatever was going on, and he, he threw me on it, offered me a certain wage, percentage of what he was what we were growing, and it just took off from there. Uh, I was growing for him for about a year and doing more blow, but it was it was manageable. I wasn't uh, I, off the races again. I, ha- I had my priorities, I thought, in, intact. I left the girl because I didn't need her anymore, so that's the kind of person I am. Mm-hmm. Um, Use her as a stepping block. Exactly. So I got I had an apartment in Santa Monica, really close to the warehouse. I was growing pot over there every day, harvesting at the apartment, and um, letting it dry all out. Uh, and just doing that, and making good money. And I thought I didn't think I had an issue, so I, I started really sipping coding and got into that somehow. And let me, we got to take a quick break, real quick. Yeah. But you know, we're talking with Santiago. You're 22 years old. You have lived five lifetimes. Um, and how much time, how much time do you have now? So about, um, 30 days. You have 30 days. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a big deal. Um, I want to take a quick break. I want to get back to this and I want to, um, I got some more questions for you. Why, why is this going on? Um, you know, are, are you, are you fine? Are you seeing a light at the end of the tunnel? And do you even know what you, what you want at the end of the tunnel? Um, anyway, thanks for joining us guys. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Getting sober isn't just about not drinking and not doing drugs. It's a way of life. At Rebos, we have a team of talented professionals, each with their own clear and distinct message to walk clients from the darkest point in their lives out into the light. Rebos offers a carefully curated selection of groups and workshops in addition to a minimum of six individual sessions per week. At Rebos, we believe there are no cookie-cutter clients, and we meet every individual where they are at today. It's not a Rebos program. It's your program. Our team wants to help as many people as possible become who they want to be. And if you don't know who you want to be, we'll help you. Visit Rebostreatment.com to learn more about the Rebos Treatment Center. That's R-E-B-O-S Treatment.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You 
listening to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Ramin. To find out more about Ross and the program, visit the Rebos Treatment Center website at rebostreatment.com. Now, back to The Power to Create Yourself. Hi, welcome back to the show. Um, appreciate you joining us again. Um, if you want to hear more about the Rebos Treatment Center, please uh, look us up online at rebos, R-E-B-O-S, treatment.com. Um, happy to answer any questions for you. Um, if you're, We're having a phenomenal conversation right now with Santiago. He's 22 years old. He's 30 days sober. Congratulations. Um, he's been through m- multiple treatment centers, uh, co- cocaine, codeine, Xanax, growing weed, selling weed, moving around. Just, you know, you've been through a lot, man. Um, and... I know there's a lot of people that are listening that it's um, that, you know, there's certain people that are like, how can somebody be so young, um, go through all this? And I know there's some people out there that are um, really relating to this. Like, this is my life, too. You know, I know you think it's unique what you did, but I mean, I hear about a lot of it. Um, You know, it's it's not my story, which is fine, uh, but it's yours. And it's it's absolutely amazing. when we stopped talking before we went to break, you know, you have been, you've been 51, 50 multiple times. Um, you've taken out anger on your, on your family on your dog. Um, you know, you've re reconnect with your dad that kind of backfired. Um, you've had resentments towards your family about going to treatment. You run away from home. Where are you? You're 30 days sober now. What, what happened 30 days ago that you were like, I'm going into treatment again? Well, I came to treatment about 60 days ago. Um, I was, I relapsed around Christmas, well before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, relapsed on what? It's uh, it like Adderall, basically. It's, you cutting it, it up and snorting it or just taking it? I was snorting it. I went through about a whole bottle in a night and then told the house managers of the suburb living I was living at what happened so I did not feel good about it and it was just kind of festering in me for two days prior feel good up here in your head? no I spent the whole night up not wanting to be awake playing video games just hating myself for doing it yeah so your head's just just totally beating the hell out of you yeah yeah so I mean two months ago I reached out to a friend who I knew got himself back in treatment. I met him in treatment back in September, or July, actually. And uh, we've kind of always had each other's backs with this kind of thing. We've relapsed together. We've gone out together. had some interesting stories together as well. But um, I knew I could reach out to him for help because I knew he could get me into a place, a good place that I wanted to be at. And so he told me about Rebels where he had gotten into because he had a little bit of more clean time than I did. But I, I, went, I was at Claire Foundation uh, in August and I uh, wasn't happy with where my life was going I wasn't doing anything to help myself really I was just going to the, the IOP building to get for the groups every day Went back to the house was doing still old behaviors was uh, moving weed when I could and I ended up uh, relapsing out there after I, I sold uh, quite a large amount and made a good amount of money on it and thought that I could handle myself what do you what Okay, so now you're in here for 30 days. You've been here for 30 days, correct? Yeah. What, what's your goal? Like, what do you want right now? Are you, Do you still, I mean, whether you're 22 years older, when I got sober, I was 30. It, 
I could have been 50. You could have been 60. It doesn't matter. There's one thing I always find out, you know, in 30 days, you still kind of have, you know, one foot in the old life, whether you want to or not, because it's not like a, you know, you're going through a, an experience right now. It's not like a flip of a light switch where you're, you know, one day I'm doing drugs and the next day, like I totally don't want to do drugs and I'm totally sober now and I got a job. You know what I mean? It's, it's like more like a dimmer switch. It's yeah. slow. You, you're slowly changing. What, what are you finding right now that you struggle with of the old you? Where, where's the old you still popping up? I have, no have you even identified what's old you and what you want new you to be? Yeah, I have. Um, I have an old partner I used to work with a lot for the past two years about, um, I'm still in contact with him. I've blocked most other people who I don't think are beneficial to me or were making me that much money. But this guy, he's we've done more than just sell pot together, grow together. He um he uh, has had my back on a lot of different things. I just like consider him a really good friend. And he he constantly is like texting me pictures of just different product he has, trying to get me to move it. Ask me if I have anybody who wants to buy it, this and that. So I mean, that's really where the old behaviors come in like thinking that oh maybe I can do something like that again but I, I I've been switching that off lately I mean for the first two weeks I'm being honest all the time I started living I was still selling weed through I was middlemaning stuff not personally but just putting people together and making a few whatever off of whatever was bought and I I started realizing that, that I I wasn't happy doing it. I felt bad about doing it, and I had to be comfortable with where I was at. Because I, I've been doing this for a period of time that I, I guess my ego kind of made me think that's who I was. And so when I was at Claire Foundation, I, I actually went back to the warehouse and hit up old investors to start working again, thinking I could do it sober. So I had some sobriety under my belt. I thought I was okay. I had I had the head. I was like, oh, if I do smoke pot, it'll only be at nighttime. Um, my first day there, I was taking bond rips at 6 a.m. in the morning before I woke up to start working in the garden. And three days into it, I was sniffing coke, and a week into it, I was shooting coke again. And so I sat with that and had to do that basically for two months before I reached out for help again and realized that I just could not possibly work in that environment and stay yeah. sober. What, what do you, what do you, you know, what do you know doesn't work? I mean, you know, you can't, I always tell people when they come in here and any of the other treatment centers I worked at before I owned one, you know, people are always come in, whether they've ever been through treatment or not, they're like, I don't know what to do. You know, it's, it's like a person that's trying to lose weight. I don't know how to do it, you know? And I always kind of flip it on them. I say, well, I'm willing to bet that, you know, at least 50 to 90% of your solution already. And they always look at me like, it's kind of interesting. What are you talking about? You already know what you, what doesn't work. What do you know right now does not work for you? Relying on my own thinking, my ideas, relying on your own thinking. I know what that means, but what does it mean to you? It means that when I have some idea, when you think in general, it's not a good idea. No, I mean, I'm, I'm like to think that I'm somewhat intelligent that I can, figure stuff out on my own it's kind of been like my arrogance in the past because that's why I kind of tricked myself not thinking I was an addict because I was functional even though my, my, my habit was around 300 to 400 dollars a day just to, to get through the day and um, I, I just realized every time that I have my own ideas of what will work in my life 
they, they usually don't come through and they've got me in the situation I'm in right now. I have court cases pending. I have very little money in my pocket at this point when I should be a lot farther ahead in my life with the investors and the people I was working with. And I know that if I continue in that lifestyle, it's it's death or prison for me. That's how you roll. Yeah. Death or prison, that's what it's going to be. Yeah, there's no other option if I'm using it out there doing that thing. It's going to end up, I already, I've already slipped up and I've gotten busted for for moving moving large amounts of pot and uh, got a DUI with it and lost my license, all this, lost everything basically in one weekend. That's kind of when I realized I had a problem and needed some help. You got a bullseye on your back. Yeah. I was walking around like nobody could fucking touch me and acting and like it too. And you, you literally, it's not a, it's not on your front. It's on your back. It's, it's like You basically should have a kick me sign because every time you do something wrong, you get kicked. Yeah. It's like, I mean, walking around. You can't pick up anything, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth or any ideas. I'm just kind of just playing back the facts that you told me. It's like no, not even pot. Like I can't even I can't even smoke weed functionally. <laughs> like if I'm smoking weed, I'll try I'll do it for one day. The next day I'm waking up at six a.m. and I'm spending the entire day just high, and I'm tired. I'm lazy. I just want to go to bed, rest, and like my my job requires physical work, like constant work, and it's like eight hours, ten hours a day in this grow in a garden under like twenty thousand watts of light. It's just brutal, especially if you haven't slept the night before. And it was just, I thought I'd be all right with it. And it was just a miserable work is work. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're, if you're, you know, if you're clipping plants or you're digging gravel or shoveling gravel, (laughs) work is work. Work is work. It just sucks. It just sucks. Either way, that you got to do it. You know, I, I, you don't, you're changing your life, man, or you're not even changing your life. I don't even think you're changing your life. I think you don't. You haven't even had really a life yet. No, I haven't. I'm beginning. I start school in about three weeks. For what? Business and accounting. Where? It's SMC. Cool. But I don't. You've never even met yourself. I mean, if you think about what happened was, you know, you started you started doing drugs when you're 15 years old, correct? Yeah, harder drugs. Yeah. Yeah. You you started smoking weed at what? 13. Yeah. So. You actually have never been sober for your adult life. No. So you actually have never even met yourself. Because if you think about it, you started doing drugs as an adolescent. And once puberty came where you're supposed to, you know, kind of naturally go into being a adult man, you hijacked yourself with drugs. So you're, you have never even had adult thinking yet. Mm -hmm. At the most, they always say the mind and I'm not trying to be... It's one of the few things I picked up at school when I became at UCLA was the mind, the brain from zero to 22 years of age. It's so it's it's a pile of mush. It is so it's so easily um, um, kind of uh, maneuvered in different ways. So drinking drugs, you know, medications, whether it's good meds or bad meds. I mean, it's just your head is it's, it's fragile during those time frames. So you've actually, you know, you've hijacked your head. You hijacked your body. You hijacked, you know, the natural mother nature's natural way of you becoming a man. You hijacked and you put all different, you know, um, you know, three-legged, you know, (laughs) uh, chairs in the way. There's nothing sturdy. Um, It's pretty gnarly, man. It's got to be frustrating. You frustrated? Yeah. Yeah. Very frustrated with where my life is at. 
You know, I'll tell you, though, at 22, though, I mean, I wasn't weird. I was, I was still raging at 22. And at least you're in here like you want to be something different. I mean, the fact that you're doing this radio show with me, the people that don't do this radio show, because I ask a lot of people. I asked another guy the other day down in the kitchen. He's like, I kind of feel like I'm just saying yes because, you know, you're the owner of the place. I'm like, dude, don't do it because I'm the owner of the place. Do it because you just want you want to share your hope, your experience, and, you know, maybe you'll 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 help somebody, you know, get out there. Um, you're this is kind of on the right path, I, I would think. Uh, but it's not a light switch. You're not flipping it on, flipping it off. What do you need for you not to be the old, like from us, from me, from anything, to not be the old you? I mean, what, uh, what, what do you think is? I mean, you got a guy sending you pictures right now, and you have, and you haven't even deleted them from your phone. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I mean, that's like, don't cheat on your wife, but you got some girl sending you naked pictures. I mean, it's like, you're gonna break. Yeah, and that's what has happened in the past before. So that's what I was saying. You already know part of your solution right there. What's it going to take to get that guy to go, you know, take a hike, dude? I mean. I'm hoping that with school and everything that's going on in my life right now with me moving out of sober living next month. Do you think that's getting, a good idea? Yeah, moving out and going to school. And I'm going to continue coming here. I just don't think I need the sober living anymore. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're holding me more accountable than I already have been. And I kind of do my own thing anyways. How does that work out? I don't really have an option right now because I was dropped from IOP and put down to OP. So what about, insurance as far me, as that goes. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. You know, hold up. We're going to take a quick break and I want to get back to this. I want to help you figure out a solution to your problem because you're going to walk right down the exact same path. Um, you know, we'll be right back. Thanks for joining us. We're talking to Santiago. He's 22 years old um, and he's 30 days sober and he's, you know, he wants to be a different dude. Um, and I appreciate that, man. Um, stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Getting sober isn't just about not drinking and not doing drugs. It's a way of life. At Rebos, we have a team of talented professionals, each with their own clear and distinct message to walk clients from the darkest point in their lives out into the light. Rebos offers a carefully curated selection of groups and workshops in addition to a minimum of six individual sessions per week. At Rebos, we believe there are no cookie-cutter clients, and we meet every individual where they are at today. It's not a Rebos program. It's your program. Our team wants to help as many people as possible become who they want to be. And if you don't know who you want to be, we'll help you. Visit Rebostreatment.com to learn more about the Rebos Treatment Center. That's R-E-B-O-S Treatment.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America.
are listening to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Ramin. To find out more about Ross and the program, visit the Rebos Treatment Center website at rebostreatment.com. Now, back to The Power to Create Yourself. Hi, welcome back to the show. I uh, appreciate you joining us. Um, Santiago, where we just left off, you know, my heart goes out to you, dude. I'd like to help you out in any way I can. Um, you've had a hell of a life. You have. And I don't like seeing you struggle, but you're you're obviously, you're, you're an extremely motivated dude. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would. I just have a hard time switching up what I thought was what I was supposed to be doing in my only way of knowing how to make money and support myself is drugs yeah so I've known for a long time and I, I, mean, I don't get help from family members in that sense they they won't pay my rent they won't help me with anything really they haven't for a long time since I was 16 I decided to to leave really why can't you just get a norm why can't we just why can't we just why can't we write you a resume? I have a resume, and I have been applying for jobs, but I have a record. And that's fine. Yeah. You can get a job with a record. Yeah, so I've been applying. But I wouldn't, you know, you're, you, were, you were at the honey hole of either total bliss or complete shit show. Yeah. You're, I mean, every single decision you make has a consequence to it. You know, you can get a job here or you can get a job over here. They both have consequences. You can live in a sober living house, you know, and like you just said, you know, you don't have the money for a sober living house. If I'm willing to help you out with that personally, I will personally help you with a sober living house. And the look in your eye was, it's kind of fucking up my mojo. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, you had it written all over your eyes. I mean, it's just like, that's, that's I not... I just have certain expectations of where I'm supposed to be in my life right now. And where, what is and that? I have no idea. I just want to be farther ahead than where I'm at. Going to IOP, living in a sober living, after having to pee in a cup when I get home. It's just... So you're 30 days sober. Yeah. It's, you know, there's no difference than what you're saying then. And this took me until about last year to figure out that speeding actually slows me down. <laughs> I go up to Mammoth all the time to go skiing. I just love to ski. I literally, I set my cruise control now for five over the speed limit. Before I was going 10 to 15, I've gotten so many tickets. That like literally, they were going to take my license away. It cost me a ton of money to get out of it. But it's like, if I just make it for this speed, everybody's passing me. But I'm going to get to the end. I'm going to, I'm going to get there no faster. You're trying to, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. What do you... What are you in the hurry for? You're 22 years old. You're not 42 years old. You're kind of where you're supposed to be in this world. I've never liked not being. Why would I have never liked being stagnant? But you're I not being like. stagnant. You're. Are you being stagnant or are you missing selling drugs and doing that way of life? I don't miss that shit at all. I just I want to continue going outpatient and doing the thing but it was my rent wasn't paid for i mean you're saying you're willing to help me but i mean another month is just another month maybe it's two months but another month in in the time frame i mean technically you're still acting like a drug addict i mean if you think about it and i say this with a ton of love and a ton of respect but 
there's you can be doing you cannot be doing drugs. Basically, you could still be acting like a drug addict even though you're not doing drugs. You could still be acting like a drunk even though you're not drinking. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. And that's what's going on right now. I'm I I was the king of it. Total king of it. Been through eight treatment centers and I'd leave. I spent two months in a treatment center. And it was like, and they, they go back to like, dude, you aren't ready. I'm like, I just did 60 days. And they're like, you ain't ready. And it's not about the timing, but it's about that switch that goes on. And you're right there still. You still got one solid foot in the past. So if you want to be further along, dude, get that foot out of the past and accept some help. And what do you know what's further along? You've never even been there. You're right where you're supposed to be at 30 days, but you're rushing it. It's kind of scary, man. Yeah. If you don't really want to go back to where you were, like you were living on your own, that's how you do it. You haven't proven that yet. You have proven that you can't live on your own. You have proven that you can't. And I'm not saying this to shame you or to guilt you, but I'm just kind of sh- like shining a mirror to the situation. You have proven everything like and you've laid it out to me that you just need help becoming a just becoming a, a functional day-to-day operating guy which is hey you're 22 who doesn't at 22 you've been you know your dad's not around to help you out i mean god bless him i've never met him i don't know him your mom i didn't know what to do i mean this is what people come here you asked us for help i don't think you just came here to waste time did you no no, I didn't. But you'll waste your time if you do it the other way. I know you will. You've already proven it. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you, man. I do. It's a hell of a decision, though. What do you want to do with your... You're going to school for what? Business. So, take the drug industry out of it. What kind of business do you want to do? I'm not sure yet. No? What aspects of business are you have you not learned yet that you want to find out more about? Most of them. I just, I've managed dispensaries in the past, and I've recently run the numbers and do all that, and I've, I've ran dispensaries before, so I, I, I feel like I have some experience in it already. Mm-hmm. And I'm good at math. I like numbers. Do you? You're halfway there, man. It's all I knew how to do. It's all I knew how to do was sell drugs. And all I knew how to do was cut corners. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about it. My first job in this whole industry was literally a landscaper. I had to start over. I had to get an honest paycheck for myself. Yeah. And you know what? Fucking talking about getting rid of an ego. <laughs> I get rid of a hell of an ego, and that's what's kind of in your way. But that's a little. So, how can I help you out? What do you need to do today to make this better? Forget about the living situation. That's fi- I got that figured out for you if you want it. If you want it, I got that figured out. But I think this is more than a living situation. Do you really feel like you're going to waste your time? 
being here. Yeah. Or just doing I me mean, a couple of minutes ago, you just said, I need help figuring out where to go. And once that is offered to you, you were like, wait a second. I don't so I've know. already made plans and have apartment viewings. And I have this idea already set in my head of going to OP, going to school and having an apartment. Mm-hmm. So you have nothing in stone. You have an idea. Yeah. And the only way in this world that you're going to be able to move it, I got plenty of ideas. This company is arguably the largest treatment center in Los Angeles right now. And it is nothing <laughs> like what the idea was from day one. Not a thing. This company is not even what it was supposed to be a year ago at this time. I kid you not. I'm swearing both my parents' graves. It's not. We got to keep adapting and molding to what it is. It's just not. It's the only reason why I've been successful. That's the biggest thing. Forget about knowing. You know that drugs aren't good for you. You already know that. How long have you known drugs have been bad for you? Ten years. The biggest thing you got to learn about now is how to adapt to life. How do you adapt? Right. And what's the right choice and not? If you go your direction of what you think your idea is, it has consequences. If you go with my help, like honestly, just you take my advice, like honestly, and actually just try it out. That too will have some consequences. What's gonna end what's gonna probably end you up in jail just by knowing by just going by what you know already? Yeah, I'm just going on doing my own thing. I said it before, I my own thinking, my own ideas. But isn't it, that's how jacked up this whole thing is. You know it, and you say it out loud. We got something in our head, man, that just tells us everything's okay when it really isn't. And it just happened for you. So. Where are you going, man? I just saw you take check out. <laughs> no, I'm here. All right. That's just totally deflate your your balloon, though. I mean, so to say. No, I'm just thinking. Well, I'll do anything to help you out. I really will. I'll bend, over, I'll bend over backwards for you if you want the help. But I'm not going to, um, you know, I, I've been through it enough that I know, hey, I'm here to help you out. I won't chase you because nobody likes, you know, I, you don't want me nagging down your throat or anything like that. And I'm not here to bully you in any way or tell you what it is. But, you know, I am willing to help you with a better a better shot. I don't do it for everybody. But if you really want it. And you really want to be somebody different, I can make it happen for you. And I guarantee it that I can take you from zero to 100 faster than you could do in five lifetimes for yourself. It's I'm, I'm proven. I'm truly proven at it. I wouldn't have you do anything that I haven't done at all. Never. But I will hold you accountable to the same circumstances that I held myself. Just being realistic with the whole thing. So if you want it, I'd be happy to help you out with that stuff to really give you a long-term solution for yourself. If you really want it, you really want to, you know, graduate school and move on like that. 
do you want after you go to um, Santa Monica College? Do you want to go to another four-year major school or what? Plan. Do you have one in mind? No, it's too early right now. But I mean, I'd like to stay in the area, so UCLA or something like that. Mm-hmm. You still talking to your mom? Yeah, we have a good relationship now. Do you? Good man. That's good stuff. Just got to be excited to see you. Thirty days. Yeah. Is this thirty days any different than your last one? Yeah, I mean, I'm working with a sponsor, I'm working a program, doing step work. But mm-hmm. what step are you on? Uh, step two. Yeah. How'd one go? It was long. I uh, I work in the workbook uh, for the NA, and they have a whole workbook. It's like sixty-four questions that you have to answer, and some writing I had to do. Do you know what the goal is after you do the steps? I just learned this the other night. I thought it was interesting. What? Read step 12. It'll tell you exactly what you're doing and what you're aiming for. And that's what I would suggest to you. You know, figure out what you really want and then figure out what you got to get in place for that. You want to be sober. That's the no-brainer aspect of it. But what do you really want? Figure that out. But I'll do anything you want. Honest to God, I'll give you my cell phone number. Let me know how I can help you, man. I really want to help you. Thank you. You got it, man. I appreciate you coming on the radio with us today. Yeah. You know, you're not alone, man. I get it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Uh, We'll be with you next week. Um, Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us this week on The Power to Create Yourself. We hope to have you tune in again next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition with Ross Ramin on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have an enlightening week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.